Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Muddy News Media. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule with Football Manager. It's myself, Kate Balsay, and we're all back. Your favourite trio in football, eh? It's part two of the Hayley McQueen Returns Diaries. Well, joining me, I've just mentioned her, it's the Scottish Mancunian by way of Teesside, Hayley McQueen. Welcome. I'll read. Or do I say, oh, hi, the new. I've got identity issues, haven't I? So it could be could be any of that. Big time. Oh, now then, now then. <laughs> and alongside her with her favourite impression of the black country, wait for it. Uh, but she's now in Surrey with her uh, different different birds that she's been spotting. Uh, it's Lindsay Hooper. Yeah, I'll give you an amalgamation. So, how am you? There's a lovely bird outside the window. I have no idea what you've just said. <laughs> Being from Gloucestershire, I shall say, ooh, missus, how you're all doing then? Is everyone okay? Everyone's surviving. That's for you listeners at home as well as uh, as we uh, enter our second week into lockdown. How's everyone doing, Hayley? I'm actually okay. For me, life hasn't changed too much because I'd almost been in self-isolation with a new baby for quite a few months. But as I've mentioned before, and I posted on my social media, I did suffer with a little bit of anxiety. And just as I was coming over there, hoping to see some more friends and get out and about, this happened. So I've been trying very carefully to make sure that, like everybody, getting out for that one exercise a day, I mean, that has been so important. Before it was just something that, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just do it if I can be bothered. Now I'm like... Come rain, shine, whatever the weather may be, I'm making sure I get outside because fresh air, I can't stress how important it is. If I haven't been for a walk by about three or four o'clock, I do feel like I'm going a bit stir crazy. But how lucky are we with the weather right now? I mean, my goodness. Exactly. When it's dry, you can make the most of that. And there's been some sunshine this week that always helps lift people's moods. We're in April and usually we start to get some nicer weather. Um, I would really recommend as well, if any of you have got it, to join your neighbourhood app. That has been brilliant for us to help out vulnerable and elderly neighbours. I went and delivered puzzles yesterday. <laughs> around the neighbourhood. Hang on a minute, Hoops. We need we need an insight into what kind of puzzles you've been delivering, please. 500-piece ones uh, with pictures of Christmas, which I was <laughs> very happy to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the puzzles that you've already gone through already. Yes. That you ordered off Amazon the last time we spoke. Fantastic. Hayley, when all this started, of course, mm. um, a lot of stuff in the shops, Lou Roll, um, ran out, didn't it? Couldn't get a can of tomatoes for love nor money nor several other things. And I know baby milk was was an issue for you. Um, and this is brilliant because someone came to your rescue. They did. Yeah, so in the first sort of week or so, I just popped out to try and get some baby formula because I stopped breastfeeding about four and a half months because the little one has um, silent reflux and she really enjoys having one bottle a day on a night. So I'd gradually been weaning her onto the, onto the bottles until she was full time on the bottles, literally the week that this all happened. So absolute nightmare, bad timing because she could have just had free milk from me. So that's a bit of a... Yeah, it's a bit of a telling off from from the world, isn't it? You shouldn't have stopped breastfeeding. But I had gone on to this formula, anti-reflux, couldn't get it anywhere. So I'd sent the message out to a couple of friends saying, if any of you see this, please buy it. I've got three days worth left and then I don't know what to do. I'm going to have a baby that's going to have to eat chicken and chips <laughs> at five months old. So um, my friend's dad is a football manager 
and she had sent a little family WhatsApp to say, if anyone happens to come across this, because her sister and her brother's wife both have children and we're going out looking for baby stuff, can you pick some up? So lo and behold, her dad, Chris Hewton, who was in the WhatsApp group, who hadn't even messaged back to acknowledge this because it wasn't really anything to do with him, messages his daughter at 10 to 7 in the morning, having been to the supermarket at 6am because he's that kind of guy he's missing training. And he bought two of these tubs of formula (laughs) and then went to the post office and posted them to me. I mean, how cute is that? Isn't that lovely? Everyone already loves him, don't they? I know. But this just adds to that, that he's such a good guy. Lindsay, you've been involved in a quiz this week and I gather it may not have gone (laughs) as well as your competitive self would want it to. Oh no, I'm still giving myself um, hell for it I was part of the Totally Football quiz now I knew that I was going to go out I was up against Pat Nevin who's one of my favourite pundits and he knows everything he was claiming very little going into this quiz but if you've ever had a chat with him he knows everything especially subject was yeah his subject was Celtic in 1966-67 I said as long as you don't ask me anything about that that's fine and he, he stomped home with it I had Wolves last season, which is obviously nearer in the memory. I actually went to nearly all of the home matches and I'm still kicking myself over one of the questions. I don't want to reveal too much of what happened, but one of the questions involved a match that I was at that I remember Diogo Jota scoring a hat-trick in. But when put on the spot, sometimes you just panic and they said, oh, who scored the winning goal against Leicester? And I just said Willy Bolly because I know that he scored a lot of late goals last season. But I knew in my heart of hearts it was Jota, so I'm still kicking myself. But, you know, these things happen and uh, we're all human. Well, we're going to go into a few coronavirus lines surrounding football, of course, uh, developing stories going on as we speak. And later on in the podcast, we will be indulging in a bit more football history, reminiscing over various uh, topics. Uh, This is, by the way, part two of our Friends special. It's the Hayley McQueen reunion. So all sorts of bits going on for that. Um, Just an update, though, guys. This one's come through very recently. Eddie Howe, he's now the first Premier League manager to take a pay cut to help finances at Bournemouth. That's a long with other senior execs uh, and that's to safeguard other employees at the club Um, I reckon this will be a watershed moment don't you in terms of perhaps clubs trying to avoid what Tottenham are doing and furloughing plenty of staff um, and instead uh, looking at their own management and playing staff to to help um, out at these um, tricky times not just Tottenham as well, Newcastle are doing it as well it's worth mentioning I don't want to just point everything at Spurs yeah no totally I think that it's difficult times and I know that the overwhelming reaction from the public right now is that they want football to play their part and that that definitely don't want taxpayers stepping in when footballers are on the sorts of wages that they are. The only thing that I would say slightly in their defence at the moment is I'm sure that they are going to come good, but we just don't know anything. We don't know anything date-wise. So it's really difficult for, for clubs and players and people to join together and declare things when they don't know how long they've got to declare it for. And I think if we could get some more clarity in that, area then I'm sure people will do the right thing. 
Yeah, there are plenty of developing lines. Of course, we are recording this on a Thursday, so that situation could have changed by the time that you hear this. Um, Hayley, Belgium, their top league has really um, become the first in Europe anyway to declare Club Brugge, who is sitting at the top of their table, as champions. So they have effectively halted the season where it finished. Can you see the Premier League going the same way or are there other solutions that you think may be more appropriate when it comes to trying to finish off the league seasons here? Well, what you want me to say, Kate, is that, uh, yes, we'll end it all here and that Liverpool will, of course, be crowned champions. I am thinking more about the teams actually towards the bottom of the table as opposed to to the top. Liverpool are going to win the league regardless of whether we finish the season with empty stadiums or not, which I think it's going to be awful, but at least we'll all have some football to watch whilst at home. It's been very strange turning on Sky Sports and, and there's nothing there. There's just lots of programmes sort of you know, digging out archive footage, which again has been great to reminisce, but it gets to a point where you're like, I just want my live sport. So to have that, but without the crowds inside, going to be really strange. But my opinion is that's how it's going to have to be. I think to, to be fair to all teams, to allow them to actually pay the games remaining, I think is the only way to go about it. And, and more so thinking about the teams at the bottom, not just of the Premier League, but of the Championship as well. Um, it looks like obviously Leeds might get promoted, but you just look at how exciting it becomes towards playoffs. To deny fans a potential trip down to Wembley and to go along to these monumental games, which will become huge in their history, and potentially even the first time, like some Liverpool fans, will have won the title in their lifetime. I think it's just a little bit, it's a little bit sad. Well, we'll wait to see how it plays out. Plenty of theories, including kind of a mini spring series or or a mini collection of games to get things finished off. And of course, fixtures are being moved around on the international calendar as well. Yeah, which has ruined my wedding again, Kate. Oh, no. <laughs> Again. Oh, of course it has, Hayley, because you basically don't know when you can get married now, do you? So I've already postponed it once, cancelled it to I've next still got summer. to save the date. Yeah, so I've uh, ripped that up. So we've, we've got another date, got in touch with all of the suppliers, tried everything yet again. And I'm talking like bands, catering, lighting, decorating, events planning, just stuff, accommodation, the church... It's sort of a church. It's an underground cave. But anyway, that's that's a story for another day. And we booked it for the 12th of June next year. Guess what? Breaking news on Sky. UEFA announced that the Euros 2021 will start on the 11th of June. Oh, no. So, <laughs> this is like one of those weddings that's just not going to happen, is it? Hopefully that is not the case, though. But um, I think with the World Cup coming up in Qatar, you, you, you're basically snookered. Because there are so many sporting mm-hmm. events now. Um, due yes, to the backlog, you need to have I it now. For, yeah. You need to have a corona wedding. Yes. <laughs> a virtual, a virtual Zoom wedding. wedding. Mm, Maybe. Yeah. All right, well, let's say thank you to Football Manager supporting us uh, through this coronavirus outbreak in terms of the fact that we are able to remain podcasting for you once a week, out every Friday, of course. And Football Manager's been free for the past few weeks to play on Steam. 877,000 players have played 21 million matches, as everyone no doubt has their go at trying to finish the Premier League or the Championship season. So, yeah, some really interesting stats there. I hope everyone's been enjoying it.
Coming up on the show, we are going to keep the Friends theme going because, let's face it, we loved it last week and it's got to happen again. So we're going to have the one with the missing words as we get Hayley to fill in the blanks of headlines from the last few months. And there's the one with the comebacks as our Hayley comes back. Uh, We celebrate some of the footballers who have also made comebacks over their careers. And remember, you can listen to us on Jet Radio at four o'clock every Friday. This is The Offside World with Kate Borsay, Lindsay Hooper and Hayley McQueen. Okay, so first topic we'll get stuck into, the one with the future stars. Now, this topic is inspired by the arrival of little Ayla. You may be able to hear her in the background occasionally, maybe. Uh, we've we've seen glimpses of her on our video chat today, and she's as cute as a button, Hayla's daughter. But it got us thinking about whether she could be, if she showed enough footballing prowess, a future Scotland or Turkey national player or even English national player who knows it won't be English will it Hayley she won't allow that well Hayley's Hayley's mum's English yeah I mean I was actually born in England so I guess I can claim both kind of Scottish and English heritage and and Kurt was born in Germany and has lived there all his life he just has two Turkish parents so we can throw in Germany as well but I definitely wouldn't want that wow okay so England Scotland, Turkey or Germany. Mm. Um, However, we thought about kids in football that have got a serious chance of making it. Um, Season favourite Erling Haaland is a great example of this. Of course, he's the son of Alf Inga. Is there anyone else, though, with kids uh, whose, uh, whose offspring are more nailed on than most to be a prodigy? Yes, I'm going to jump in and say two former players who are now managers and I'm going to mention both of them because of the way that they've approached it differently. There's a different parenting style here that Hayley can tell us which way she would be. So you could be the Zinedine Zidane approach and he's got four children who are all promising footballers and what he did is he put all four of them through the Real Madrid Youth Academy. Um, his eldest son is Enzo and he's playing out in Switzerland now. Luca is a goalkeeper and he made his debut for Real Madrid's first team on the final day of the 2017-18 season. Thank you, Daddy. And Theo and Elias are attacking midfielders and they're both uh, coming through and blooded through the Real Madrid system. And then you take... Lindsay, in comp- do you think they had any choice in this at all? I mean, this this sounds a bit like a manufacturing line to me. And also, why didn't he just have five kids to make a five-a-side team? I mean, four, surely <laughs> you just go up to five. He should have done, shouldn't he? Uh, I, I think with this, I, I don't actually deny them if they've got the ability doing it and going through. So many people have done the same. You know, you look at Steve Bruce having Alex Bruce come through. There's there's loads and loads of examples. Nigel Pearson, another. So you can't blame him. But of course, they've had every opportunity to go and match that talent. But then you take in comparison, Simeone, Diego Simeone, and his son, Giovanni, he's refused him to go to Atletico because he wants to take the approach that you make this, you make it on your own. So he's already gone out to Fiorentina. He's really done well and impressed in Syria. He went through the youth ranks as well with Argentina's national team. Very promising talent, Giovanni, but he won't be playing anytime soon for Atletico whilst Diego is in charge. And I'm just wondering from Haley's point of view, which side you would be? Oh, gosh. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you'd want to let the child make the decision for themselves as to whether they want to do it or not. But then how can a five-year-old who you're desperate to put through an academy 
be able to make up their own minds. But I do think it's very, very hard for kids growing up with famous parents, particularly if they've got a very well-known name, because as soon as you see them playing for an academy or a young side, and as soon as they can have the, the, the names on the back of their shirt, you've got to live up to that name. So yes, you might get that in because of a father or a mother having those football contacts, but then you've got that added pressure of always having to live up to them and people expecting that of you, particularly if you're playing in the, the same position as as one of your parents. Mm. But I would like to think that Ayla would make up her own mind as to what she wanted to do. I know my dad was very keen to make sure that my brother was interested in cricket, rugby and everything else. But that's probably why he was never a footballer, because he didn't just focus on one thing. He was mm. a bit of an all-rounder as far as it came to mm. sport, as was I. And I played hockey. I mean, I was a junior school and senior school sports champion, might I add, which is probably <laughs> my biggest achievement to date. Um, but I, even I had a lot to live up to. In fact, at the final end of year kind of sports day thing my dad was invited to present the trophy to the winner and, and I won so that was a bit weird oh no really I know but the whole nepotism thing is real because you look at like Paul Dalgleish and you look at like as you've mentioned Alex Bruce before and you've got Paul Ince and Schmeichel they've got to live up to the name particularly if they're playing in the same position as their father as well but that's where I think a lot of young girls will make it more so because of their mums when you think of all the women that have broken through you know professionally now they weren't given the same chances that their children are going to be given in years to come yeah. whereas what's the incentive when your dad is a multi-million pound footballer you're living in a mansion you're probably given a fancy sports car for your 16th or 17th birthday or whenever it is that you can drive these days what's the incentive there well i suppose it's up to the child and up to the parent isn't it we know some sons and daughters of people who were famous footballers in their time and earn millions of pounds yet are working within the game very very professionally um not kind of demanding big big glamorous things and um, talking about women in football we know loads of couples don't we um in the women's game let's look at someone that we've had on the podcast before in fact a couple that, that, that we've had on our wsl podcast before former lioness laura bassett and head coach of orlando pride her partner mark skinner now, they've got a daughter called Sadie. I'd say that that's really good breeding, a really good manager uh, who's, who is partner with an excellent footballer, former Lioness legend. So perhaps Sadie has got something in the future to keep an eye on. And England international Alex Greenwood, she plays for Leon. She met her boyfriend, Sheffield United centre-half Jack O'Connell at Sixth Form College. So that's a really quite, quite sweet story, I suppose, of a footballing couple. Perhaps if they ever decided to have kids, they would be kids to watch out for. Hayley, have you got a couple of picks? Well, there's one who has already just about made it. He's already got 80,000 followers on Instagram, yet has only made four posts. And he's a spitting image of his dad. And it is Isaac Drogba. So imagine having to live up to the name of a man who's won three League Cups, four Premier League titles. Of course, he spent time at, at Chelsea, didn't he, there? Won the Champions League. He scored a late equaliser, the winning penalty against Bayern Munich in the final. Lots to live up to. So he came through the academy and is now playing for Guangamp in France. So he's definitely one to keep an eye on um, and looks to have his head screwed on as well. But this is a massive footballing family and I would be 
very, very surprised if Eden Hazard's sons didn't go on to play football because Hazard himself is a son of two former footballers. Both of his parents played. He's the eldest of four children. So his three brothers all play football, of course, including Thorgan, who joined him at Chelsea in 2012. And he has three kids himself. So I'm that that theme is going to follow on. And a little bit like Zidane as well, who's got four kids, you've got Wayne Rooney with all of these boys. So him and Colleen, I'm pretty sure, will make sure that one of theirs turns out to have these silky skills that their father did. So (laughs) I've got a bit of a feeling that a Rooney in 15, 20 years time is going to be breaking through and, and maybe even playing for England as well. Which one? I'm not too sure. You mentioned the Schmeichels earlier on, Hayley, and I did want to say, could we have someone to rival Peter Schmeichel and Kasper Schmeichel? Because Edwin van der Sar, you'll know this from your time at Man United, Joe van der Sar, his son, is also um, a very good goalkeeper coming through. So could he be the next person to to make this father-son leap? Uh, Apparently came through the Manchester United Academy as well as the ranks at Ajax, uh, about 22 or something like that, I think, Joe van der Sar. Um, He was in the same age group at Man United's academy as Marcus Rashford. So the Van der Sars, watch Ooh, out for them. Exciting. One more for me to throw in and it's because we've interviewed her and um, we absolutely love this women's football power couple. This is Casey Stoney, the Manchester United women's manager and Megan Harris, both former players. Of course, Casey played for England as well. Now they've had twins together and they've got another little one as well. But on Instagram, I've been watching Casey, who I can only imagine needs to keep very busy during this lockdown period because she is someone who you'd find out running at 5am just to try and keep herself fit. Uh, Instead of you know dealing with football matters or in fact not not having any football matters to deal with I suppose or many of them and um, Casey's been instead what it looks like on Instagram anyway training up her twins for a mini Olympics because mm. if you tune into Casey Stoney's Instagram feed you will see her put her twins through an obstacle course running backwards and forwards scooting backwards and forwards and she, she just makes me laugh because like a coach she kind of throws in lines with no concentrate focus back again back again quick as you can, back again, concentrate. And it just utterly made me laugh that uh, because she's got no players to train in person at the moment, Casey Stone is currently training her kids. Absolutely loved it. All right, so the future's bright then for our footballing offspring. Up next, Comeback Kings. It's not your Next up, the one with the comebacks. Well, we all love a comeback, don't we? And there's no bigger comeback in the last few weeks anyway than Hayley McQueen returning to the offside rule after having a baby. Uh, and and a delightful baby as well. We've we've seen little flashes of Ayla throughout the podcast on our on our video chat today. Um, I would like to know about some players who've perhaps come back from a long break away from the game or come back from retirement um, to return to club or countries, just like Skulls at United, Paul Scholes coming back out of retirement at United to help them out. And this, of course, spurs the great friends Ross line. We were on the break! Let's go to uh, Lindsay Hooper, please. I like things coming full circle. 
And so this one is quite poetic in my mind. I'm going to mention Mark Overmars, who is of Ajax days, Arsenal, Barcelona. And four years after he retired due to an ongoing knee problem, he actually featured in Yapstam's testimonial match. And he was so good in that testimonial match that he had bids come in to sign him back up as a player. Multiple bids, might I say. So there were quite a few clubs interested in saying, look, this isn't the last of you, Mark Overmars. So what did he decide to do? He ended up rejoining the very first club that he signed for, Go Eagles. So if you go on to his Wikipedia page and you see the clubs that he played for, he starts there and he finishes there. And I like that cleanness. Oh, that's very nice indeed. I'm going to keep up the Arsenal connection, actually, Lindsay, and go with Jens Lehmann. Do you remember this? This is this is one of my favourite football stories. Uh, part of that Arsenal unbeaten title winning squad in 2004. I think we can pretty much call him one of the Arsenal legends, played nearly 200 times for the Gunners. He lost his place to Manuel Almunia in 2008. He went back to Stuttgart for a couple of seasons, basically recognised that his time as first choice goalie was up at Arsenal and spent a couple of seasons at Stuttgart. They didn't like each other, did they? Um, him and Almunia. So it was it was quite a shock. I don't think they, they ever really got on. They didn't actually. However, the link back is a really interesting one because in 2011, Wenger needed backup for Almunia. That was after Vojak Szczesny, Lucas Fabianski and Vito Manone were all ruled out with injury. So he had this catastrophic injury crisis in terms of goalies. Only Almunia left. What does he do? He gets back on the phone to Lehmann and everyone's favourite German returned. This is it's such a lovely story at the time and it's nice to retell it as well. Did he did he get his chance, Lehmann? Well, yes, he did. Almunia had a knee injury in, a, in the warm-up before a game at Blackpool. So that meant that we had this wonderful moment where 40 one-year-old Jens Lehmann played his first game in Arsenal colours since 2008. So pretty much a three-year gap between those things happening. Uh, It marked his 200th appearance for the Gunners, made him the second oldest player to play for Arsenal and the oldest in the Premier League era. That was it. There was only one appearance for it. But I love the story of him leaving the club, having fallen out a bit with Almunia. Then he's brought back to help back up Almunia and gets his chance. I absolutely love that story. Hayley. Yeah, and he was on 199 appearances as well. So yes. When, yes, yeah. which was great. So it meant that if he came back, he would finally get yeah. that 200. Absolutely. So almost like it was meant to be. Um, mine are two players who retired for very kind of different reasons, not necessarily football ones. So Johan Cruyff retired in 1978 and actually only returned to football because of financial reasons. And he went on to play for Los Angeles Aztecs and he said he'd been um, involved in a scam in Spain because he'd put all the money he'd ever earned in football into some investments which turned out to be false. What were these investments? Well, he said, I lost millions in pig farming and that was the reason I decided to become a footballer again. True story. But not only that, he actually went on to play for six further years. It wasn't just a quick year or so. He then returned to Holland and um, a little bit like you mentioned, uh, Lindsay, going full circle, returned to his boyhood club, Ajax and also Feyenoord. And what about a young man who retired at the age of 25 years old? He was released by Leeds, Robbie Rogers, was going through a really hard time in life and he'd basically come out as being gay. The first openly gay footballer decided to retire because he was really worried about how kind of crowds and being around football people was going to be as a gay man. But he signed for LA Galaxy just a a few months later, decided, actually, no, I'm not going to retire. He got such positive response and, and, and 
you know, his story was picked up on by the media and he was made to feel like he shouldn't be retiring and that why should he just because he's a gay man? And yeah, he went on to play in the top American professional sports league, of course. He mm-hmm. did end up retiring because he kept getting injured all the time. So hopefully for others out there who are maybe going through personal issues, don't give up. If it's your body that's giving up on you, fair enough. But go and seek help. Go and get people to make you mentally stronger again and we'll hopefully see you stronger on the pitch. So those are my two. I hold Johan Cruyff, Haley in the highest regard as a player, but that business sense was not there, was it, to invest in pig farming? Uh-huh. He needed uh-huh. a bit stinky. more. He needed more of the flamini um, to become like a billionaire investor in. I think he does something to do with energy, doesn't he? So um, he definitely could have taken his business tips from him instead. Perhaps Cruyff was told a few porkies about how sustainable that oh! business was. <laughs> He's told a few porkies. <laughs> There's one big comeback we're waiting for this season, isn't there? And we'll have to find out if that takes place. But until then, next up, we've got a little game involving missing words. Monica, Monica, have a happy Hanukkah. <laughs> so Santa Claus, he said hello to Ross. And please tell Joey, Christmas will be snow. Okay, so final topic, the one with the missing words. Now, if you were listening last week, you might well have enjoyed our little Two Truths, One Lie quiz for Hayley McQueen. We love a quiz on this show. And we thought we'd do something similar again, just to ease Hayley back into the footballing sphere. Um, This is going to work by Lindsay and I quoting a headline, but with one word omitted. All Hayley's got to do, Hayley, is you've just got to guess what the missing word is. Okay, Lindsay, get us started. I'm going to go with the mirror, first of all, the Daily Mirror. And this is around the time that Harry Kane got injured. So it was Kane injury shock spurs and he was facing an operation out until April. And the headline was simply Harry, what? Caned. Oh, (laughs) she misses. Kate, Uh, do you want to Oh, really? Harry, oh gosh, um... KO'd? Oh, no. <laughs> it rhymes with his last name and he was in... Pain. Pain, yes. Oh, I like pain. it. Okay, here's one for you, Hayley. From The Independent, December 2019. And this is when Liverpool were due to head out to the Club World Cup. And there was all sorts of controversy there about whether they could get back in time, whether it was worth it, etc. So, Independent, December 2019, Paul Scholes says his what trophy means more than a Club World Cup title. Paul Scholes says his what trophy means more than a Club World title. Kids five-a-side No, <laughs> it's a little bit obscure. I'm going to say pub trophy. The answer, which you won't get, is badminton trophy. He'd recently won a badminton trophy in his local area. Uh, Lindsay, back to you. We shall go to the front of the Daily Star next, or shall we say the back of the Daily Star. And this is all to do with Liverpool. It was a reference to them after they beat Wolves 1-0. And it was so something out of sight. So blank out of sight. Mm, that's tough. Hayley, what do you reckon? You've got to think what happened in that game and what it rhymes with. Oh, God. 
You're in your poems. <laughs> Everyone listening, by the way, uh, you're on tender hooks, aren't you? So something out of sight. Yes. So Liverpool beat Wolves 1-0. Mane was involved in that game and Neto was involved in that game. Oh, God. So there was something that happened, an incident, and so they rhymed it with so something out of sight. I can't remember. So if I was to say that sentence without changing it, it would be so far out of sight, wouldn't it? What rhymes with far that could have happened in that in that game? Uh, so far out of uh, sight. V-A-R. Oh, my God. So far out of sight. I thought that was very clever. One one final one for Hayley here, and I've picked this out because it's a Manchester United player. Add in anything you like. Uh, this is from the Mirror, 28th of Jan. Brandon Williams's mum admits Man United youngster is fuelled by her what? Fuelled by her cooking. Yes, Hayley, I'm going to give you that one because it is fuelled by her fry-ups. She runs a cafe in Manchester. Spot on. Thank you very much, Hayley, for that one. All right, some tough headlines there. I think by and large, Hayley, you did pretty much okay. Well done to anyone at home who managed to get uh, more than two and managed to get to the bottom of Lindsay's, some of Lindsay's quite obscure descriptions of her headlines as well. Uh, Well, you know, next up, we're going to go to any other business. Well, check that out. Our new Any Other Business theme music. Thanks to Aidan Lining uh, for suggesting that. Part of the team here at Offside Rule Pod. It is, of course, Ross Geller uh, playing his music for the Friends gang. Very fitting indeed. Anyway, back to the business. Um, have you got any other business to tell us about? Uh, more good work that footballers are doing, perhaps, or anything at all that may not have been picked up in the press? Hayley, let's go to you. Well, we know there's probably going to be a baby boom, isn't there, in about nine months' time and uh, already getting quick to it. Andy Carroll has announced he's going to have a third child with his, is it the only way is Essex, his Towie lover. There you go. Does he have a Towie lover? Who's got the most hair, I think, would be a big competition in the Carroll household. Uh, Lindsay. Mm. I'm delighted that the BBC have announced that they're rerunning Euro 96 this summer. It was one of my favourite tournaments. I think this is going to be fantastic. And it made me beam from ear to ear just to have that to look forward to something. And I'm also going to be watching Sunderland Till I Die, episode, uh, not episode, series two, which I've got lined up. Now my other half is back at work so I can watch in peace. I know that you have this trouble as well, Hayley, trying to watch sports related mm-hmm. TV with with the other halves that aren't so interested. Um, but yeah, Can I, I say it is, for that. it is excellent. Um, I watched the first two episodes last night. New club MD Charlie Methven is um, basically a posh David Brent and some of the one-liners that he comes out with are awesome. But he has this lovely way of seeming to be an utter TWAT, but actually bringing it back and actually, you know, being... Or, establishing a really nice connection with the Sunderland fans. One of his standout moments from from, from the first uh, episode, and I hope I'm not giving too much away here, is where he basically decides to replace Sunderland's traditional walk-on music, which is the theme from The Apprentice, you know, dun 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 So like a 
total Sunderland classic, decides to replace that with an Ibiza club classic tune. It sounds almost as cringeworthy as it is. Uh, You'll have to tune in to see whether it pays off. Just a couple of quick kind of football-y lines here in that the Women's Euros that was due to be held in England next year will now be played in 2022. England, the Netherlands and Sweden have already qualified for the Olympics. So that means that the Euros better off in 2022. But a slight issue because you've got the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham in 2022 as well. So quite how that's all going to work out, I don't know. Of course, lots of questions now about whether Phil Neville will still be in charge of the team in two years' time. And UEFA has announced that the Champions League and Europa League will remain postponed until further notice. That's kind of going along the same lines as the National League. Uh, That's announced the indefinite suspension of its three divisions. This is all due to coronavirus. But no clear indication, as we're recording this, of how they intend to finish the season. I'm sure we'll hear more on that in the coming days. Lindsay, anything else for you to add in? No, apart from I would just say that it was right that Jack Grealish posted an apology about not social distancing. And I hope that everyone's taken heed now. This has got really serious. Please stay at home. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're all at home. And of course, that's a great place to check out our social media channels and our website as well at Offside Rule Pod across the socials. And on our website, actually, our writing team have been brilliant because a lot of them are off work at the moment um, or not working as much. And so uh, they've all been dropping great bits of content on the website. Jasmine Babber's uh, got one that's just come out called Sunderland Till I Die has taught me how much I've taken football for granted. And I completely relate to that after watching it last night. There are some great pieces there as well um, some bits on uh, Scottish football and much more besides that's offsiderulepodcast.com to check out everything online uh, we're about to wrap up but before we go you know essential because this is a nail-biting edge of your seat stuff Lindsay and Haley, how do you propose to spend the next seven days what's the entertainment looking like in your house Haley? The entertainment will be spent um, learning a few nursery rhymes going wild in the jumperoo and um, basically running around the house with a baby trying to keep her entertained. The most exciting part of our day is when the postman arrives or a big van pulls up in front of the window. I take her to the window and that is the kind of big human interaction. If if there's a dog that walks past the house, I run outside (laughs) and let her see the dog. So... She's she's going to go absolutely wild when we finally do get her out of the house and get her stimulated properly. I've been doing some workouts. I've lost three and a half stone since <gasps> I had. Well oh my done. goodness! Congratulations. I did, yep, I did put on nearly four stone being pregnant. Luckily, I'm quite tall, so it did go on all over fairly evenly. But I had a huge bump, as I was reminded. So every single time I left house but that's fine so I'd lost quite a bit of baby weight anyway and then I've just been trying to make sure that I stay healthy for the mind as well as the body and doing some little workouts on my Instagram which has been quite fun my other half has been uh, pushing me and just uh, yeah making sure that I think we all have been watching those Hayley because I know what I'm like I'll buy a packet of hobnobs and the whole thing will be gone within 24 hours so I've just been been making sure that uh, yeah I stay a little bit active I'm planning quizzes for 10-year-olds and approximately 5-year-olds for uh, for some friends' children just to relieve them of the homeschooling, of which Kate, <laughs> Molly and Arthur have got their session tomorrow. Friday quiz time, yeah, so, I'm doing it as well for... So- uh, if you're listening to this podcast on Friday, it could be at the same time that Lindsay Hooper is quizzing my kids on I don't know what. So stay <laughs> tuned. Uh, next week we'll be revealing. Perhaps we could 
actually do some of those quiz questions next week. What kind of quiz is Lindsay Huber <laughs> going to set? A five-year-old and a ten-year-old. I've no idea what to expect, folks. Yeah, so but you agreed pretty quick, didn't you? Because you were like, anything to get out of homeschooling for half an hour. Yes, you can do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Give mum a break. Uh, this next week for me, well, more homeschooling as I battle with a ten-year-old um, who seems to want to break an iPad and a five-year-old who just wants to make cardboard penguins the whole time. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a, it's a marginally happy household somehow we'll get through it and it's the easter holidays isn't it so if you're at home listening to this folks or wherever you are at the moment we wish you all the best we hope uh, that if you're in lockdown it's treating you okay and that you're managing uh, to stay on top of everything and um, don't forget to check us out across all the different ways the website and the channels as well to keep up with what we're up to Lindsay and Hayley thank you so much listeners thank you so much and we'll speak to you again next week the Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Hello, listeners. I'm Caroline Barker, host of the Totally Football League show. I'm joined each week by Sam Parkin. Say hello, Sam. Hi, Caroline. By Adrian Clark. Say hello, Adrian. Hello. And the Bolton Wanderers fan too. Not Adrian, but Joe Criddy. Looking forward to League Two. Yes. <laughs> Each week we go headfirst into the EFL to bring you the latest from the pitches to the next crisis to whatever Ian Holloway has said now. From Leeds to Luton, Sunderland to Plymouth, Swindon to Stevenage and everything in between. If it's the EFL you want, we've got you covered. Haven't we, Ollie? Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> Your guess is as good as ours. That's the Totally Football League show out every Wednesday. In the most delightful way. It's brilliant. I just love it. Muddy News Media. Sports Social Podcast Network.